It is 2953 of the Third Age. Erebor has been reclaimed. Saron has fled from Mirkwood into Mordor to begin his pursuit for the One Dream. And the last meeting of the White Council has tasked Gildor and Glorian with assembling a fellowship to stop Umbarian pirates from assembling ancient artifacts from a Second Age prophecy. Join the players of this Adventures of Middle-Earth Dungeons and Dragons campaign as they unravel the mysteries of the prophecy. Welcome to Arda in part one of the Inglorian Bastards trilogy, Search for Tor Arasia. Welcome to uh, episode 15 of the Inglorian Bastards campaign, Search for Tol Arisea. Um, this is another one of those recap nights where we have one of the, um, I, I, I guess I guess you could call them the cast members, um, but the players uh, from the Adventures in Middle Earth campaign. Um, with us tonight is my brother Christian. He played the character named Angolin. Um, so welcome, welcome to the podcast, Christian. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. And and in full honesty, we we've we actually recorded this uh, probably two or three weeks ago, and I lost the audio file. So we're we're doing it again. Um, I, I have a few questions for Christian tonight, um, mostly about his character and his experience in the campaign, um, and we'll just we'll just talk about these things. Um, and maybe give you give the listeners a, a little preview of things to come. So I guess the first question I have for Christian is um, um, I might throw him for a, a little bit of a loop here, but what um, what was what was your experience with Tolkien before you came to to, to play this campaign with us? Yeah, so I think I was kind of maybe middle of the pack in terms of the players and the DM that we had as far as knowledge. I had read The Hobbit and the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I had um, seen all the films as well. Uh, but I hadn't really dove into, like, um, The Cimmerillion or some of other Tolkien's, you know, uh, other works um, and some of the appendices and such. But um, so, I, you know, I had a pretty good knowledge base, but a lot of what we were you know, picking up with in terms of like the main plot line in this, I had only kind of touched upon in the in the reading and the the films that I had seen, and was getting a lot lot bigger look at it now. So. And th- those things that you're talking about were, I'm guessing, like probably more of the specifics about the seeing stones and. Um... Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like obviously, you know, those things are mentioned in the in the books and the films, um, but we, you know, we really got to dive into like the backstory and the lore, and I think the Cimmerillion touches more on a lot of that, but I hadn't hadn't gotten to pick that one up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so. and you know that's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so so you have you have a, like a, a nice foundation for for the campaign, at least in terms of this first part that, that kind of takes place in uh, Middle Earth proper, right? Um, but um, so what what made you pick a uh, an elf of Mirkwood um, as your character? So I had done a couple campaigns with you, not Lord of the Rings campaigns already, um, and I had done kind of the basic, you know, wizard or fighter or just an, you know, a regular D and D class. So I wanted to kind of make a character that was different in all aspects for this campaign. So what I came up with was this wood elf scholar, um, and as we know, the elves are very agile and you know very elegant. Um, 
And in terms of combat, the scholar was not super useful. He kind of had to be creative with how I used him. But I also wanted to make his personality different than most elves. He's very kind of awkward and gangly. He still has, you know, that elven agility, but it's just like, you know, maybe the kid that's kind of a social outcast in in high school or whatever, but, you know, bumbly, kind of goofy. And I just thought that was a, a... a cool way to play an elf, you know, kind of throw the rest of the players off when they met Anglin and let them adjust from there. But I wanted to do something different for sure. So you mentioned he was a social outcast. Now that could have had something to do with an event from his childhood. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, we kind of put, it was, you know, part me and then you helped me kind of shape what I wanted to do with him. And we, we kind of had that, um, he was, he had grown up and has had lost his family very young. So he was kind of, um, taken under the wing of one of Thranduil's, uh, top advisors and scholars. And, um, he had had an experience out in Mirkwood with a, um, creature of shadow of sorts very powerful very old creature it wasn't necessarily an attack but um, it just it really changed and shaped him and kind of um, pushed him into an obsession about the dark forces and magics of middle earth and he kind of from that moment forward spent his entire life searching for shadow lore and um dark magic and secrets that unlock that stuff so. yeah and we we will actually we will touch more on that here in the next few episodes um where we where the characters start to travel through murkwood um and some of some of that your knowledge base and your experience in the past your character's experience in the past comes back um in, in traveling through there um I don't want to give too much away now, but um, a part of the, this experience and a part of this this Anglin's personality actually contributed to him in this obsession. Contributed to him being uh, exiled from from the kingdom. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of you know he had this in his formative years, quote unquote, um, and this obsession kind of grew, and um, you know he started having social issues, and then he was getting into things that he shouldn't have um, access to, and you know asking questions that he shouldn't have been, and basically it just got to the point where you know um, his people had had enough of it and kind of sent him on his way and in in a way you know he had learned what he could where he was so he was okay with this sort of you know um exiling from his home to go out and search for this knowledge so really kind of put his character on a a path that you know i think he would have probably ended up on anyway but you know when you're exiled from your home that's there's still a you know a sense of sadness and longing for it um ultimately but so so now anglin is is on this mission he he gets roped into this mission by um in in rivendell i believe he was he was sort of a a guest of elrond in rivendell when when the campaign started um yeah we, go ahead. Go ahead if you want to talk. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how much you remember about the origin session, but but I believe the other party members sort of uh, met up with you in Rivendell. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, we you know we talked about the origin session was a while ago, but but basically the gist of it was that you know um, 
his idea was to stop in Rivendale. They obviously have vast knowledges about um, all the magics of Middle-earth, and, and his idea was to go um, seek counsel from uh, you know relatives of his people and, and learn as much as he could. And, and like you said, it just kind of worked out that he had met another member of the group and kind of was pulled into this whole thing, and he kind of realized that this might end up um, furthering his goal and he might be able to do some good in the world. So, Yeah, so he, he finds out, um, I believe Burren and Riken came through the mountain pass and met you in Rivendell, and, and you were a part of those conversations where it was discovered that the Umbarian pirates had made off with the Elendil Stone. And, and I think that fed right into your character's uh, sort of obsession uh, to, to jump on board. And you became uh, part of this fellowship, The, in fact, the only elf member of this fellowship, if you don't count Gildor and Glorian, who put it together. Um, and you find yourself sort of traveling with these people now and on the outskirts of of Mirkwood in Erebor um, with the prospect of traveling back through Mirkwood. Um, any thoughts on that or any thoughts that Anglin would have had um, about the last few weeks in his travels? Yeah, well, I think especially, um, you know, setting back on course for his home um, with this group and, and kind of... Um, it's kind of a full, coming full circle for him, you know. He he has a chance to kind of show that, um, yes, he might have gone the wrong way about his obsessions, but um, he is doing good in the world and making a difference. And you know, it's it's uh, he, he's on a path of of um, doing something good uh, for his people and the you know the rest of the people of Middle Earth. So I think that's kind of special for him, and just the fact that also you know he never really fit in in his home, um, and he finds this you know weird group of individuals from all over Middle Earth, and and you know really they become like his new family or his new home um, throughout the course of the campaign. So I think that's definitely satisfying for him, and you're starting to see that at this point in the campaign. He's starting to get along with um, a lot of his fellowship members a lot better, and. Yeah, you know, people are starting to realize his quirks a little bit. Um, so let's let's uh, step away from Anglin and, and let's talk in terms of Christian. Uh, so t- tell me, w- so far in the campaign, um, and again, this is kind of we're looking back on the campaign, which was which we did probably about a year ago at this point. Um, so what what was um, what was your favorite part up until this point? Um, and of course, the, the next question will be: you know, what are the what, what's the what's your favorite part coming up that the listeners have to look forward to? But let's start with that that first question. What up until this point? What you know was it was it starting off in Bree? Was it you know the Hobbit turning red with the poison potatoes or whatever he ate? Was it traveling through the mountains? Was it um, discovering the the lost um, Thane, the Temple of of Durin? Was it, um, you know, traveling across the river into the Withered Heath, you know, battling the dragon, discovering some of these uh, artifacts after you captured the uh, or, or defeated the Umbarian uh, Corsairs? What, what, what was it so far? Yeah, so um, you mentioned so many things, and there's so many different ways to answer that question. I think um, as far as the story goes, I really enjoy... Um, you had mentioned that the Hobbit eating, ingesting the poison when we're um, 
potentially being sacrificed to the river goddess. <laughs> yeah, the river um, I really, I really enjoyed that dynamic of just like the because the group was so fresh at that point. Um, just the the dialogue and like the uneasiness between the group and everyone's trying to figure out their footing and get out of the situation. So I really liked that um, that whole little session there. Um, and as far as like the lore goes, as from like a Tolkien nerd, I remember there's one point that you're you're talking about um, the uh, the Arkenstone and how um, you kind of interpreted the Arkenstone to be one of the jewels of the dwarfs and how the, that each um, tribe of dwarf had a, a similar stone that was kind of the physical embodiment, I guess, of the uh, creation of the dwarves. Um, and I do have to throw in there, I know we were stepping away from Anglin, but my favorite moment of the campaign as far as Anglin goes is he's been super goofy the whole campaign and like real awkward. And we get in this combat situation and um, I just uh, decided that I was going to try and run through everyone and slide off of this ledge and land on this one scout that was trying to go get more people. And I think I rolled like a 19 pure or 20 or, you know, critical 20. And, uh, we had this really awesome moment with goofy Anglin looking like Legolas from the movies running through and just, absolutely destroying this guy and everyone in the group's kind of jaw dropped they were like what where did that come from so that's right i think that, was, that a, was a satisfying moment if i remember right that was at the battle of Rulimdal, and at the um uh, when you guys were were helping out the Coldfell army, uh, yeah, we were flanking. I think yeah, for him. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, yeah, and moment. so uh, so looking forward, without giving too much away, is there is there a particular area of Middle Earth or uh, um, you know uh, a group of of NPCs or, or uh, people that they might know from the books or the movies that um, they have to look forward to? Um, well, there's some definitely some some good things that you put in there. Um, gonna gonna run into the blue wizard at one point. Um, so that's a really cool moment. I think the the coolest thing from this particular part one of the the trilogy that you're doing here. Um, I think the the character that I enjoyed um, watching his arc the most was Riker. Riken, um, yeah, yeah, Riken. Sorry, yeah, we. Uh, he went through the ringer, man. <laughs> like from from day one to the end, it's just like such a crazy transformation. And I think that uh, Josh played him like, per, like you know, there's that one guy in D and D that can always just stay in his character, and he just perfectly plays it to you know, no matter what you throw at him, you're like. I'm going to rile him up here and get him going. But no, it's like he played that character perfect and he went through so much. And I just think the arc of that is like textbook, beautiful D and D stuff right there. I think keep an eye on his character for sure. Yeah. And that, you know, and some of that will be coming up very, very soon. Um, And uh, Josh actually, for the last couple of sessions that the listeners have been, if, if they, um, have listened to I think episodes like eleven through fourteen. Um, Josh was actually uh, out, um, but we you know we had other people playing his character. But yes, he will be back in episode sixteen playing Riken, and, and um, yes, he his character definitely transforms quite a bit uh, through trauma. <laughs> yes, yes, just awful, awful trauma, and he, he weathers it like a beast. So. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, that that's all I have. Uh, anything else for for me or the listeners before we uh, let you go? Uh, I'm I'm good. I think you know. Odds are you're going to lose this again, and we'll have to do a third one. So I'll prepare for that one as well. All right. Well, <laughs> e- even if that's not the case, maybe we can have you back uh, in right. in either part two or part three of the trilogy. Yeah, I would love to come back and talk to you guys. There's some big moments coming up, so we could do some color commentary for that. So. All right. Well, thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Though this marks the end of the episode, the road goes ever on. Until next time, join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on Apple Music, Spotify, or really whichever platform you choose.